Hi, everyone. You're listening to Canada Horse Podcast, and we're your hosts, Nikki Porter and Nadine Smith. We strive to enhance the lives of horse owners by facilitating conversations that make people want to talk. It is our passion for horses and continuous learning that is the driving force behind the conversations here on Canada Horse Podcast. We believe in education over judgment and informed choices over following the crowd. As equestrians, it's important for us to know the whys behind the decisions we make for both ourselves and our horses. I I think we can all identify with that and relate to that. When there is that feeling of unease and discord between what I'm doing and what I really believe, then that's where you get that like pit in your stomach. That's where you have trouble. I find I have trouble sleeping. I have like just that like gut feeling that the way that I'm behaving, that my actions don't match the person that I know that I want to be. And I think our core values are something that grounds us. Welcome back. You're listening to episode 45 of the Canada Horse Podcast. Hi, Nadine. So hi, how's it going? Good. How are you making out? Well, we are in the holiday season and we're going to talk about some cool value stuff in a bit, but I just want to like touch on something that I did the other day. We went to a holiday party, actually two in a row, which um, we don't do a lot of. (laughs) We don't do a lot of parties, but it was super fun. My neighbor down the street had a party and it was like a lot of horse people, which I, I just don't get to do very often. Usually we have our horses with us, right? And we're just talking in between rounds and different things. And so we just had like time to get to know people that we didn't know. And the funniest thing happened well, it was the sweetest thing. Somebody, we were in a group and somebody said, Nikki came on my vacation with me. <laughs> so she said she had bought your book, The Conscious Communicator, and she took it with us. And then she's been listening or with her, I should say, it <laughs> felt like us. She uh, took it with her and was listening to your podcast. And she was just saying how much you've changed like her outlook and everything. And I just thought that was so nice. It was just like a bunch of women talking about the things that made them happy and the people that they love. And uh, I had a really good time. And I thought, I'm just friends with a celebrity. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. A little odd to me that like people that I don't know recognize, you know, what I teach. And it's, it's very uh, humbling, I think is the word that I'm looking for. Uh, but I, I love that. And I want to say thanks for sharing that because it's kind of surreal because I knew that I needed to write in order to make an impact. And literally just hearing that one story that one person can read it and be like, this, this made a positive change in my life. That's it. That's, that's yeah, all I needed to I do. Know. For. Isn't that nice? Nice yeah. to hear. It was the, it was something in the book about when you said, just, just, mm. That Mm -hmm. really touched her. And I know that touched a lot of people. And one more thing, I'm just going to throw it out there for people because we may still have time to order for the holidays, but Nikki does have a new journal out. It's beautiful. It's called Night Check. You can find it on Amazon. And that was just my little plug on your behalf before we moved into the the episode. Because, you know, I'm not going to do it. Uh, (laughs) I suck at advertising. I'm like, once I do the thing, I'm like, it'll just It'll just go out there and people will find it when it does. It does, but it helps. We have a podcast. We might as well throw it out there while we're talking about it. So, yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) All right. So we're going to make this episode as short and sweet as possible because I know that it's one that we could talk about for a really long time. 
but we also could go down a couple of rabbit holes and we want to make sure that it's as clear and succinct as possible for you so that you get as listeners as much out of it as you can versus just listening to uh, Nadine and I talk about our own, you know, values and and our own musings in order to get to where we currently are in our I guess pro- mental process of who we are as equestrians and and what impact we have both on our horses and all of the things so, uh, like uh, how our reflections are are impacting our own horse lives. So for today we're going to talk about identifying values, priorities and goals as an equestrian. Why do we think self-reflection is important? We know we think it's important. We have come from a place of informed equestrian in Canada Horse podcast where understanding the why is so important and asking the questions. But I think that in order to grow, in order to get to reach our goals, in order to become the best horse people that we can be, it does take some reflection and some honest reflection um, to get there. You mentioned a quote a little while ago. Do you want to talk about that now that has to do with like taking an honest look in order to improve? A lot of the work that I do is centered around this concept of taking an honest look. And there's a quote, I just heard it in a podcast this morning, and it was, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. And is that the one you were talking about? Yeah. I was like, hallelujah. That is the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think where that comes from is when we hear the truth, it really rubs up against different parts of us that make us uncomfortable because it means we accept the things that we have done that maybe, you know, we weren't as honorable to ourselves or to our values or to our horses or our relationships as we would like to be. And as maybe we thought we were being at the time. So when we learn new truths, whether that's truths about ourselves or truths about, uh, you know, we have an episode coming up that's going to flush a lot of this out. It's the next episode. You, ha- I can't wait for everybody to hear it, but mm. it's going to flush a lot of this out um, and really highlight it. But when we're talking about it in the respect of values, what we can learn when we really dig into what are our values and how am I showing up in this world in alignment with those values, sometimes we discover that, wait a second, I'm not showing up like I would like, or maybe I'm not showing up representing my own values. I'm still stuck showing up in a way that I'm representing the the values I've been taught should be important to me, but I haven't taken the time to really assess it for myself. And that creates this uncomfortable feeling within ourselves, that feeling of being out of line with who we truly are and how we want to show up. But it it feels like our beliefs and our values are conflicting. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. I think we can all identify with that and relate to that. And I think you put it very well. Like when there is that feeling of unease, and discord between what I'm doing and what I really believe, then that's where you get that like pit in your stomach. That's where you have trouble. I find I have trouble sleeping. I have like just that like gut feeling that the way that I'm behaving, that my actions don't match the person that I know that I want to be. And I think our core values are something that grounds us. Mm -hmm. I really like that you brought that up because when we have that feeling 
that is an indication that maybe it's time that we look a little deeper at our values or we just look at the people we're surrounding ourselves, the conversations we're having, the choices that we're making, just generally it gives us an opportunity. It's a symptom that gives us an opportunity to go, hmm, what's going on here? Something needs to be looked at. So I'm going to use an exact example of that for you that I experienced personally that always indicates to me whether I need to change something. Um, or if I am not showing up as the person that I want to be. So one of those would be, I am very in tune to how I feel after a conversation. Now I'm working on tuning into myself to be able to not enter into conversations, go back first. So tuning into how you feel after you have a conversation with somebody and recognizing the feeling that you leave with Do you feel really good after you leave that person? Do you have a little bit of a pit in your stomach, like you said, where you're like, oh, I don't really like what I said or how I feel right now. Did I, you know, did I honor how I truly feel and expect myself to behave and speak about others to others, et cetera? And looking at, I have certain people in my life who I get that feeling with on a pretty regular basis. And I had to choose to distance myself from having regular conversations with them because they're very influential. And mm-hmm. I, around them, I feel influenced by them and it's not influenced in a good way. And so I had to make a conscious choice to create some distance. And now I have to, now that I've had the distance, I can make a conscious choice to participate differently in conversations with those people. So that's a great example of, you know, just to bring it back to the horse world of how you can act with or or reflect on conversations and relationships with people in your barn or mm-hmm. around the horse world. And I think like the way it works in terms of with horses is, you know, how you're acting with your horse. If you're acting um, reactively with your horse because you're having a bad day, then it's maybe time to take a step back and be like, I want to be calm and peaceful with my horse and patient, not impatient and frustrated and quick, you know? So there's the ways that you can act that are in accordance with your values, with your horse. If you just take a step back and reflect how you're behaving. Yeah. And it, it takes, it takes true, honest reflection and an accountability to look at your own behaviors. It what I can find or what I find is it's easy to in your head. This is the same as like when we're watching someone else. This is the reason why people stand on the sidelines at a horse show and they judge other people and they say, "Oh, they should be doing this or they should be doing that." It's really easy in our own head to feel like we know the right answers and that we are going to be this person. But when it comes down to actual action and taking action ourselves, when we are in the moment, sometimes our thoughts or our feelings, what we believe we do and how we show up are different than how we're actually showing up. And we have to call ourselves out on those moments. This is something that I like, I've been working on this myself for a long time and I still catch myself being like the higher self in my mind. And then my physical actions or words aren't lining or aren't 
aren't measuring up. And I have to call myself out on like, why? Why is that? Why did I say that? Why did I do that? What is missing? What is needed for me to actually bridge that gap? Okay. So you have an activity about figuring out your values and and putting them in a list of importance or, or how you want to live your life, I guess. Uh, you can explain that. <laughs> but I wanted to say, I do believe also that sometimes we get caught up in living to our certain values so much that they conflict with our other values. So I, I can take a perfect example from myself is that I value honesty very highly, but I also value kindness. And sometimes people can be so honest that it is not kind. And so if you have these values and you think it's important to be compassionate and kind, then maybe you need to ask yourself, like, how can I be honest in a way that is kind and compassionate and not blunt and harsh and rude? That's a great example. And a lot of people will use their their value of honesty to almost defend their rudeness. Oh yeah. You know, so well I'm I'm the honest friend. Well you can be an honest friend and a kind friend. And I think that's I think you're exactly right. Yeah. And quickly before we go through all those list of values, in terms of relating it to the horse, you could have clear as something that's like very important to you. I want to be very clear, but your horse can see that as you're reacting at a 10 when it only needed a two, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said, stand there right now. I was just like, look, just sniffing, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. when you maybe needed to come in at like an energy of a two or a one, and you came in at a very clear 10, like Mm -hmm. overreaction, right? That's where the horse can see that it's still clear, but like, whoa, too much. Yeah. And I think that's where awareness comes in. So awareness of what the, the situation actually is, how much pressure is needed, um, what's actually taking place versus being so committed to the clarity as opposed to awareness of the situation. Okay. So Nadine, let's just talk really quickly. We're going to just give some examples of values. So these are not values that Nadine and I are saying like, you know, everyone has. These are just, it's a list of values that I have put together from a different, a couple different places um, that I pull from personally and that I use with my clients to pull from as well. There are so many great lists of values out there. Um, and so you can simply just Google them. But this is this is a really um a really nice list that I tend to go to. So Nadine, let's just talk about just some examples. Just why don't you pull from the first paragraph there and then we'll, I'll pull from the next. Okay. So we have accountability, achievement, adventure, career, boldness, confidence, connection, contribution, creativity, determination, ethics, fairness, fame, friendship, fun, grace, gratitude, growth, health, honesty, inclusion, influence, harmony, integrity, justice, kindness, leadership, meaningful work, openness, partnership. Also peace, popularity, pride, recognition, respect, self-respect, service, softness, stability, success, truth, understanding, vulnerability, well-being, and wisdom. 
So that is not the whole list, but that just gives you an example as a listener of some of the um, the values that Nadine and I, for the purpose of this conversation, are going to draw from. So we're going to actually go through a little bit of an activity here, and it is going to be where we look at you know our values and looking at why those are important to us. Are they true to who we are versus what we've been told we should have as a value, what we believe um, is a value based on our parents, our teachers, the horse world as a whole? Some of these, I'm going to, I'm going to pull this one out, Nadine, for a second. Mm -hmm. So the value of respect, let's say, and we're, I'm going to talk about like our question values versus our personal values. But a lot of times, if I were to ask someone, what is a equestrian value for you? Respect is one that, that would come up on a regular basis. And is it when we really break down the value of respect, does that apply to our equestrian world? Because is that something that our horses actually give or don't give? You know, when we break it down, do we really believe that? Or has it been part of the lingo of the equestrian world and horsemanship world for so long that we think that's just the answer that we need to give? So we need to look at these values and say, what is true to me here? What do I value? And then how am I showing up in accordance to these values? Now, I like to have both myself and my clients pick six for their personal life and six for their horse life. It is not because I believe that you can show up differently in both places. It just gives you an opportunity to think about your way of being uh, and the values that apply to you by being able to pick a broader amount more than anything else. So a, a larger amount. So you can go in and say, I'm not restricted to six. I'm actually going to pick 12 and look for any indiscrepancies where you're like, I really, in my personal life, value peace. I'm going to use that because we're going to talk more about that. I really highly value peace in my personal life. And in my horse life, I value, let's say, I'm going to use the respect word again, just uh, as an example, but it's not, this isn't me, but you know. So this is my example. So if I value peace so highly in my personal life and respect so highly in my in my horse life, is there a conflict there in how I'm showing up in my actual true life, everyday life outside of the barn, and then how I'm showing up with my horse? And it gives you an opportunity to, to reflect and it is very true in my eyes anyway. And somebody feel free, if you don't believe this, you can uh, you can come back to Nadine and I and, sit and challenge us in our beliefs because that is what this is all about. We want to dig into you know what we believe and why. And if you have something that comes up for you, you're welcome to take part in this conversation. But I don't believe that we can show up as as a person in our personal life and a different person with different values in our equestrian life. I believe sometimes we order them differently, that we prioritize our values differently, and it can create a little bit of, of disease like we've talked about. Um, and it gives us an opportunity to really reflect and um, make different choices. What are your thoughts, Nadine? Well, I think you picked a really good word 
I think that respect word, it just like sent me over the edge because I'm just, I have <laughs> grown to really dislike that word in terms of horses. And I think sometimes we can get into where we apply human traits and characteristics to our horses and act as if that they have all of those types of uh, traits and characteristics and personality and feelings and all of those things. I do, but it's not always what we think, you know? So I think we're going to be diving into that even deeper here in the next couple episodes, but yeah. I think that it's really good to like look at those two lists, like your personal life and your horse life and see where there might be conflicts. And I think that I've been running into that personally as I grow as a human and as a horsewoman. And as you learn more, you start to question the things that you knew or you thought you knew or what you've always been told. And I think you start to get more confident in making your own decisions of this doesn't feel right or I've learned that this doesn't work. Or maybe it works, but it doesn't have that same happy feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, I can get my horse to do this, but it takes making them feel like they don't trust you anymore. or They are feeling scared or anxious, or you know that you put them to a place that you didn't mean to put them to. You just needed them to do the thing, right? And so the further I get into this journey of self-improvement in my horse life and my regular life, it really has me looking at making sure my values align across the board. Yeah. Let's look at our own values here. And I'm going to ask you, Nadine, to do something that I believe is very important. And that is you're going to pick your values, but I want you to actually put them in a specific order. So I want you to order your values from top to bottom priority. So you're going to pick, we're just going to do six for now, just because, or unless you want, do you want to do personal and equestrian? No, I have them the same. It's a goal okay. of mine. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to get you to give me your six values and I'm going to have you do an exercise where you actually prioritize those as one, two, three, four, five, six, one being your highest priority and six being the less. Now, the reason I do this, it's not because you can, I can then tell you that, okay, obviously you don't think that partnership is as important as let's say leadership. It would be that I want you to recognize the feelings that it brings up for you when you consciously choose one value over the other and say like, how is this showing up? Why do I feel this way? And what happens often is that when we get honest about it, judgments come up and that whether it's self-judgments or judgments that we feel like somebody else, if they saw this list, they would judge us. For So for example, some of the clients that I work with they're at a point in their life where they're focusing on their their business or they're focusing on their their own personal success and they also have a family and when i ask them to prioritize their heart pushes them to put their their own success first and family underneath that and it makes them feel i can see the response they are so hesitant to do it, even though their heart is saying, this is where we are. This is the season we're in right now. The season is that I, I, I feel like I have an opportunity to prioritize this value. It's an opportunity. It's not, this is more important than this forever. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. Okay. So for, for the sake of this, let's say this. Different areas of our lives can be considered segments, career, family, horses. Horses are not our value. They're like a segment, an important part of our life. Okay. So let's consider that our six values that we're going to like list here, they would apply to any of those priorities in our lives. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Okay. Because I'm not going to list family at all. Okay. And we'll talk. <laughs> we can talk about that too. Um, and Even we are, it's we'll, very important. <laughs> there's, there's two, there's two things that Nadine and I have talked about in our own personal conversations, two values. And that would be that a lot of people put down family and a lot of people put down career or even a lot of people put down competition. So we'll use family, career, and competition as an example. Mm -hmm. So if you don't hear us say the word family, career, or competition, even though you know that if you've been listening, you know mm -hmm. that Nadine and I are driven by competition. Right. So if that's the case, um, we've had a lot of conversation outside of the podcast about this, is that there are values that hold up those pieces they're the right. pillars of family. They're the pillars of competition and they're the pillars of, uh, of career. And that would be, let's say leadership, accomplishment, compassion, love, you know, all of those sort of things. So those are the pillars of those things. So mm -hmm. sometimes we have to break the values down to actually see how are we showing up? What do I actually value? Okay. All right. Okay. Nadine, give me your six values. Okay. Here it is in order for right now understanding, compassion, and kindness. I'm going to loop those together. Integrity, authenticity, and achievement. And within all of those values, my current desired feeling of life is peace. We've talked a lot about it. It's like our running theme right now is that within my life, in all the segments and the pillars that we just talked about, I'm trying to achieve like some level of peace and harmony. We talked in the last episode how I got out of whack and overwhelmed over the summer. And I'm trying to get to the point where all of the areas and the segments in my life like are peaceful. That's beautiful. I want you to point out one thing. And we're going to do this quickly. Okay. Why did you say for right now? It's super important. Interesting. I think that I've I've realized in my life, a few things have come up over the last couple of years where my values have been challenged. And one thing, it is more important to get through that issue or that thing that comes up to prioritize one important value than the other. So some things have come up and that it was more important for me to choose peace mm -hmm. and understanding than it was for me to have my own integrity and authenticity in that moment, if that makes sense. Yeah. I love that. And it's, it's all about our life experience. And in, in this time, in this season of your life, based on how you want to feel, how you want to show up and how you want to teach your son and be in your marriage, this is, this is the order of your values right now. Now, if let's say your child or your husband or one of your horses was to get sick, then something might reorder. So, mm -hmm. you know, where we are right now and how we order our values right now is just a snapshot of where we are in life right now. And those values can be rearranged based on what is needed of us at certain times in our life or where okay. we are in our, on our growth. That makes sense then. Okay. Okay. Do you want okay. to share yours or do we have time to... 
Uh, I'll share mine really quickly. Okay. Um, we don't have a lot of time. We're hopping on uh, an interview literally in 10 minutes. Mine in order right now. One, peace. Interesting, I have peace as my value and you have peace as your core desired feeling. I really like that. Um, <laughs> okay. So one is peace. Two is openness. Three is trust. Four is creativity. Five is compassion. And six is leadership. And one of my core desired feelings right now is fun. I love that for you. I love that for me too. I say that I love, I mean, I love it for me too, but it's like, it's not on the priority as much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mark brings that to the table for me and Anderson. (laughs) So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's very much needed in my life right now, but I guess to wrap up the conversation and wrap up why it's even important for us to write these down and order them, it gives us an opportunity to say, like, how can looking at these help shape my horse life, my life, so that I feel more ease within myself? I feel like I am showing up authentically as me in these areas, in all areas of my life. Are there places of inconsistency that are making me feel some discomfort or making me judge myself and having a a negative dialogue in my head that is taking control and making me feel like I'm not as good of a person as I should be or something, you know? Yeah. No. So how can we, what is an example that we can use for people? Because I really like things to be clear and and like that we're not just talking in feelings and stuff. So for example, we talked about a lot about competition. And so I actually in full, like, you know, transparency here, we've talked about this list before and I changed my list to add achievement mm-hmm. because I just didn't understand how we could have such a focus on competitions with our horses. And I've competitive in other ways, like in like personal races and different things like that. And I'm like, I really had to narrow it down and be like, well, why is that important? Well, why do I do it? And it's because I value achievement so much. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that we get caught up in competitions, but we can also achieve things with our horses that have nothing to do with being judged. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, we can achieve liberty. You know, we can do things with no saddle and no bridle and just have a partnership with our horses. Mm -hmm. We can achieve having them for their whole lives. Sorry, what was that? Be relaxed. Yes, relaxed and feel safe and have that, that trusting partnership. So there's a lot more that goes into these words. There's a lot more weight than just winning a competition as an achievement. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. And it is interesting. It's funny uh, in the conversations that Nadine and I, Nadine and I have had around our values, we have kind of called each other out a little bit and said, well, you, you do this, but this wasn't here. So, you know, for both of us, I don't think connection was on our list. So this is the other point that I wanted to bring up. These are not like when you choose six values, it's not like I choose these six values and I don't value anything else. It's that these are the things that stand out for you. They like perk up your ears and they make you like have a tingle. Like you're like, yes, that is, that is what I'm all about. Um, you could have a list of 20, but this, it, by choosing six, 
it allows you just to get a little more specific. When you don't write connection down, it does not mean you don't value connection. It just means that you're also valuing these other things. And so maybe if you value connection, you can start to weave that into your other ways of showing up um, for your values. You know yeah, I think that makes sense. And I think it's similar to the love languages. This is my feeling of it. You know, we all know kind of what the love languages are, but sometimes if you're not getting that one thing, then it becomes the thing that you desire the most that you need to focus on the most. And so if you're not feeling like you've been a kind person, then you really might have to like drill down on that. That's what I want to focus on. I think that's really important. I'm really glad that you brought that up because when we become invested in growth and we start to see the areas we want to grow in, a lot of the times we put so much focus on that. Now we're like, that's my value. That's something that's a driving force for me. But maybe in six months time, when you've learned some more tools or five years time, when you have invested in learning more, you might not put that there. You might have another value that's on top of it because you feel so rooted in that value already that you're like, I, it, you just trust that it's there and it's less highlighted. It's less of this intense feeling towards it. I think that the bottom line here that we're we're hoping to give to the listeners today is a way to guide themselves in, in how they want to be at be able to act in their goals that they want to achieve to make sure that they're still feeling proud and mm -hmm. harmonious and at peace with the things and the, and the ways that they're acting out in their horse life mm -hmm. so that we can improve the equestrian community. Yeah. I think in order to finish us up today, I want to make one point. And that point is Nadine and I on this podcast, we try to make sure that we are having the conversation around judgment and that if someone else is doing something differently than you do it, rather than looking at them and thinking they are wrong, this is an opportunity for you to look at and say, maybe they aren't wrong. Maybe their values are different than mine. Or maybe if you see somebody and you say, why are they doing that when they say they value this or they say they're here for the horse? Maybe right now in the season of their life, they have to show up differently than you expect of them because of the priority that they've placed in their values or because of the things that are that you maybe don't know anything of, you know, that they're contending with that are stopping them from showing up the way you think they should show up in certain areas. Wonderful. I think that's, that's a great way to put it. Okay. So short and sweet, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed it. And we hope that it gives you an opportunity to assess your own values. And if you can look at any places where maybe those values are not quite aligned in your horse life and your personal life, and uh, just gives you an opportunity to reflect. Okay, friend, don't go anywhere yet. I know it seems like we might be done this episode, but we have something special in store for you. We actually have a special guest interview coming up in just a minute, and we're really excited for you to hear it because we feel like it is an educational opportunity that we as riders can take advantage of over the winter months when it can be so difficult 
to find that forward momentum or continue our forward motion from our show season and going into the winter where maybe if you don't have an indoor, you don't have the opportunity to ride. Or if you do have an indoor, you recognize that it is still really cold and hard to get motivated to get out there and do all the things. So we hope that this interview gives you an opportunity to look for further education and continue that forward momentum heading into next year's show season or whatever is in store for you and your horses. Just quickly though, before the interview, I just wanted to say thank you to any of you who have gone and entered in our contest that we're currently running on Instagram. This contest is really special to us. As you can tell from this episode, Nadine and I are focusing on peace in our own lives, creating peace not only in our lives but our horsemanship. And it's funny because we separately came to these conclusions and in a conversation came together and realized we were both walking a very similar path. And when I opened up my Christmas present from Nadine, it made my heart so happy. It was this beautiful sweater from a company, Wear the Peace, and the sweater is called the cost of peace and on the sweater it says if it costs you your peace it's too expensive and it so fits with everything that we are focusing on right now and I was so grateful to receive it as a gift and equally if not more grateful that where the piece has decided to join us for this giveaway so if you haven't had the opportunity to enter yet head over to instagram Find the giveaway post. All you have to do is like the post, follow Wear the Peace and Canada Horse Podcast, and then comment on the post with how you plan to honor peace this holiday season in and out of the burn. A winner for this giveaway will be announced and contacted December the 30th, and we'll get in touch with Wear the Peace and coordinate getting the prize to the winner and all the things. We want to just make sure that you understand we will never ask for your credit card details. So if you receive any sort of messages from uh, from a person or company saying that they are working with us and they need your credit card details, that is not us. Um, so make sure that you are aware of scammers this holiday season. They are everywhere and we want to make sure you're protected, but at the same time can enjoy the giveaways that so many amazing people are offering over the holiday season. I hope you enjoy this brief, beautiful interview. So we have a guest coming on and it's Lindsay Hayes Kofel. She's a past guest of Canada Horse Podcast. If you haven't listened to your, our episode with Lindsay about saddles, especially Bob saddle, she's a plethora of knowledge about saddle choosing. And she actually just got back from the futurity just in time to launch her new equitation accelerator program, which we're really just excited to have Lindsay on here today to just talk a little bit about this program, because it's something that Nikki and I saw for the first time. And we were like, Oh my gosh, I need that in my life. (laughs) Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Hi guys. Thank you so much for joining us here today to just talk a little bit about your program. We were like so excited about it that we thought the best way to really share about it is for you to just come on and kind of explain your vision with this and why you created it and what it is. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, I think for me, what the program is, the where the program is born out of is from 
my own personal experience. I grew up in the city. I didn't grow up with horses. And so um, when I went to school, I went to um, Meredith Manor International Equestrian Center. And the reason why I chose that school was because there was so much hands-on time with horses. And because the two instructors brought together the English world, which has so much of the um, history and the science behind equitation, so much of the classical dressage background, and kind of bring, brings that together with the Western discipline and Ron Meredith, of course, being a rainer and a cutter. So having that, um, you know, my my preference has always been Western riding and specifically reining, but having those two things come together really felt like something that would help me to accelerate my skills to the point where I could be a really meaningful instructor and trainer and, you know, maybe perhaps at some point show and be um, competitive against other people who did grow up with horses and had a lot more hands-on time and, that really deep horsemanship knowledge that I knew that I lacked coming into the industry. So part of it was, was that and me wanting to bring that to my own clients. And part of it was something that my clients were asking me for. I think in riding lessons, we're trying to do so many things as a student, we're trying to do so many things where we're trying to understand a concept and try to figure out how to make our body do what we want. And we're trying to also receive the feedback from the horse at the same time that it can become, it can become really overwhelming. And so what I was getting from people was, oh my gosh, I just wish I could find, you know, something where I could understand this stuff. And then all I would have to do when I'm writing is, is try to do it. And that's what I have created with the Equitation Accelerator is something that really encompasses every area of equitation and will allow people to have a really thorough understanding of the power of their body on the horse so that when they ride, they have less to try to worry about. They have that background, you know, knowledge is power, right? So they have that knowledge and then all you have to do is put your body together with your horse and make it happen. Okay. So this program is suitable for I designed the program to be for Rainers because I... most of my clients are Rainers. So the first four modules are universal. The fifth module is specific to Rainers. Mm -hmm. And I've had a number of requests from people who want to take the program, but don't feel like they're at the level to do the reining portion or don't have an interest in doing reining. Maybe they do something else. They're endurance riders or they're braille racers or something, but they do have that desire to improve their equitation skills. So I am also going to offer a 10 week program with five support calls. And that is universal to any type of riding. Perfect. Oh, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, and the, the great thing that I thought about this is that you don't have to be in the arena on your horse while you're taking the program. You're doing this from home on the computer in the middle of the winter. Yeah, it's all knowledge-based. So I think having the time, you know, I just came back from the futurity and I was watching the finals with a few of my clients and having the time to sit there where you're not also trying to manage your horse, but to sit there and study equitation and understand it 
those, those things can be just as transformational, if not more than trying to do something on your horse without understanding it. So that's where that comes from. Um, I wanted to offer the live coaching portion because I think that's important as well to be in, you know, to be in somebody's energy and be in, you know, an environment where you're learning alongside with other people and you feel comfortable to ask questions and maybe make links through other people's questions to what you've experienced with your own horses and your own riding. So it's a series of video lessons and then there's a live coaching support call um, every other week when the lessons drop. So just to clarify, when you're saying live coaching, are there people riding their horses or is this like from no. your living room? Yeah. Okay. No. So the video lessons are pre-recorded, and every other week there are new lessons that um, drop inside of the website. And then there's a Zoom call like what we're doing here and I can answer any questions, but it's basically a support call. It's basically to make sure that anything that you've digested inside of those video lessons, it, those questions are getting answered and we're, we're setting you up for the next lesson drop. Cool. Okay. So it's not on horseback. It's still in your home from hopefully somewhere warm and cozy. Um, but it's kind of a, I actually took a course that had this structure myself and I really enjoyed it. It kind of gave you a checkpoint every couple of weeks to see how you were coming along and, uh, you know, inspired you to keep up with the content. And, and I think going through it with other people, just like a group lesson, you know, or a clinic or something is really beneficial. You learn a lot from, you know, seeing how other, what other people's questions are. For sure. And we've been like we like to audit clinics ourselves. So I feel like it would be like a similar type of thing where, like you said, you're not having to worry about your horse. You're just listening and you're, you're still like your body can have that memory just based on thinking and visualizing. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important for us to learn our effect, our physical effect on the horse outside of the horse. Because, you know, I've been to clinics where I was learning something new in groundwork and I could see that in that moment of my learning, I had to just like ignore what was happening to my poor horse. Yes. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I'm like, okay, yeah. well, sorry, buddy, this isn't about you right now. I know I'm probably confusing you, but I have to figure this out. Um, and so there's a lot of value in being able to sit at home and have that learning process take place and then bring it to your horse versus learn it immediately mid lesson on your horse. And, and they're just like, I don't even know what's happening right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think one of the kind of side effects of this course will be that, you know, for people who are taking lessons from a coach regularly or doing clinics, like you guys do, it will take a lot less from your coach to get more for you to get more, right? So if you already have this understanding of how horses take direction and the power of your body and you're familiar with the aids and cues and how they work on the horse, then instead of me having to say to you, okay, I want you to move the hip up and forward. So you need to take your outside leg back, drive the hip under, and you need to do this with your reins and you need to you know, be looking up. And this is the feel you're looking for. I can just say, drive the hind end up a little bit more here. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's just... more like the way I got some little visitors here. <laughs> it's more like the way that, um, you know, my husband and I communicate with each other when we're helping each other, we're, 
you know, we understand what we're trying to do, but sometimes we need that outside eye to say, we just need this piece a little bit more. That's what I'm hoping for, for everybody for this program. Yeah, that sounds great. And can you just give us a couple of examples of like, say a common complaint or problem that somebody might have that going through this program would help them with? Like I can throw out like lead changes as like an example for myself, but I'm sure you know. Lead changes are huge. Lead changes are a really sticky point for people. And I think if you really think about what you're asking the horse to do, you're asking a thousand pound flight animal with a very small portion of the brain that's dedicated to logic to change the sequence that they're moving their legs in midair. So it's a really complicated thing that we're asking horses to do when we're asking them to do a flying leaf change, which means that the way that we use our body has to be very effective. And any little thing that we do with our body that's maybe getting in the horse's way is going to have a huge influence in how they respond. Horses can change leads out in the field. You know, we know we see them do it all the time. So when we start to run into issues with changing leads in the arena, usually it's because we have an equitation problem and we're creating a feeling that we don't want in the horse. And because they're, you know, pretty good, you know, they're pretty good animals to go along with what we ask. They've now developed a habit of doing what we are unintentionally asking them to do. So the first thing that we want to be able to do is identify where we're getting in the horse's way and where we're unintentionally influencing them. And that's, we're going to study that inside of the course. We're going to look at videos and we're going to have a really good understanding of what each part of the body does and how the change of, let's say three degrees tipping forward gets our horses further on the front end, which makes it harder for them to change leads or creates a big lift in the shoulders when they do change. And then we, once we kind of understand where we're getting in the way, I think more importantly, we can look at what can we be doing better? What can we be adding more of, not just to help the horse, but to actually enhance the lead change. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds very much up our alley. <laughs> yes, <it does. laughs> okay. So we will, so we're very um, proud and happy to be affiliated and to have an affiliate link that we can share with all of our listeners. So we will definitely share that and be sharing it uh, over the next few weeks on Facebook and Instagram. Okay. So this episode that you've gotten thrown into here, Lindsay, is all about values with horses. And just to put you on the spot without giving you a list of any values, because I'm sure you've probably thought about this in your life. Can you think of any like guiding values that you feel like you follow in your horse life? Any guiding values that I follow in my horse life? I probably, I mean, I think horses are like a religion. Horses, you know, there's, there's so much that I choose. There's so many principles that I go by in raising my kids and living my life with horses. I think probably the biggest one is if you can be kind, then you should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's maybe one of the biggest ones. I think there's so many examples of horses that, you know, they don't have to jump into a horse trailer for us. They don't have to run down and do a plus one and a half stop. They don't have to do, I don't know if you watched the futurity finals, but that, that horse that Sean Florida rode, just the amount of effort Mm -hmm. that she put into Mm -hmm. doing something because somebody asked her to, Mm -hmm. you know, I think if you have an opportunity to do something good, 
for yourself or somebody else than you should. And you should put everything into it that you possibly can. Well, that's good. I like that. And I think that, you know, since Nikki and I started this podcast, it's been really important to us to like align ourselves with people and businesses that kind of align with our values. And so when we first met you, we both thought, well, this is a person I feel like we can trust, you know, this is a person that it it finds that knowledge is important, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, you shared compassion and kindness with the horses to treat the horses right is really important. And so I just think that for our listeners to understand that choosing to support businesses and people and trainers and coaches who share their values is quite important to. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I appreciate you saying that. And, uh, you know, I agree with you. And I think that there's a ripple effect, you know, I, when I think about, you know, when I think about the equitation stuff, I think about the ripple effect of if we can expand ourselves as human beings, we can, you know, not just improve the quality of life for that horse in that moment, but we can also improve the quality of life for that horse overall, riding them correctly, helps them stay sounder for longer, helps them stay happier, helps them, helps them stay healthier. We develop those skills. We can take them to other horses. We can teach other people how to do it. We're elevating not just ourselves, but the horses and making ever making everybody's quality of life better. Um, and I think that's what you guys do with this podcast. I mean, you're, you're sharing information and, um, trying to keep the values at the forefront, which I think is really admirable. I think people really appreciate it. Well, thank you. We're really honored to have you on and, and especially the, uh, the short notice that we gave you yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to have you on today. Um, but as soon as we read a little bit more about your program, we both knew that we were like, the best way is for this to come right from you. Um, and we wanted to have that happen sooner than later. So we want to thank you for taking the time this morning uh, with your littles home. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for and, asking. Uh, <laughs> and to be able to just to explain the program yourself, we really appreciate that. All right. Well, we won't take up any more of your time. We will uh, wrap this up. Thanks so much. Bye, girls. Okay, Bye. thanks very much. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk to you soon, guys. All right. So I'm really glad that she was able to kind of come on, you know, last minute and be able to explain that herself. And it really does sound like a great program for people to do midwinter and gain some knowledge, understanding and insight about like, how am I actually influencing my horse? And is this my, you know how people, I say people, myself included, everyone, we're, we're so quick to be like, oh, why won't they do this? Like my horse won't do this or isn't doing this. And it's like that reactive feeling of like, why are they doing this to me? (laughs) Or why won't they just do this for me? Um, When in actual fact, like when we look into a deeper, into like a program like this, we can start to see, like she said, what are we restricting by where we're sitting, how we're sitting, where our hands are, what doors are closed, what doors are open. I think it's really important. Well, I always remember that quote um, about how the horse can feel a fly on its back. Yeah that that's the thing that comes into my mind. And I think maybe big, but we still have like an influence mm-hmm. on their movement and the slightest movement can really affect what they think we train, especially with our rainers and, and other disciplines like dressage, like the slightest cues yeah. to do things like to the point now where I can think about loping and just whatever that does to my horse, he's ready to lope off. Yeah. And if we really want to fine tune some of these maneuvers, 
it really helps to think about where our bodies are and what they're doing. Honestly, something that made me even more aware of myself in the tack was the first time I ever rode a really broke horse. Because yeah. when you get on a really broke horse and everything means something instead of like having to beg them for things or, you know what I mean? Having to use more pressure to get less, all of these things. When you get on a really broke horse and your balance isn't as good as you thought it was, or your leg position isn't quite where it should be, or uh, your hands are not as as clear as they need to be, that's when you start to like, you're like, why are we stopping? Why are we yes. Why are we doing yeah. these things? And it becomes very apparent very quickly that you are the problem. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> we can, we can train like anything to be a cue to do something else, but like generally they're usually like trained the same type of buttons. And so a good example of that, when we got Max, Mark's reigning horse and he's broke and Mark got on him and he couldn't get that horse to back up. Like pull he's pulling why isn't he backing up and I was like please stop pulling on his face so eventually I was like okay I'm gonna get on oh I got on he knows how to back up so literally I said to Mark leave your reins loose and I want you to take your pelvis and tilt it forward Mm -hmm. and boom the horse backs up right like that's all he did and I'm sure Lindsay can you know Mm -hmm. explain all the steps of how that all works but you know and different horses but he didn't have to do anything with his reins. The horse is broke. He just needed to like do the correct movement so that he knew what to do. And oh my gosh, the amount of times that we probably get in our horse's way is crazy. So again, you guys, we will look on our Facebook page. We'll make it clear what our affiliate link is. And that just means that if you click on that link and sign up for the course, then Lindsay will know that we sent you her way and then we'll get a gold star. (laughs) Yay, gold stars. (laughs) All right. Well, that I feel like I'm, you know, did we do justice to the topic? I feel like it's a topic that we could have just kept on keeping on about. And I do believe it's one that is so driven by your own ability to reflect personally and like your own personal awareness that it could just lead us in all these different directions. So um, I hope that that we did this topic justice today. Yeah, you're right. And I think that if anything, we've given people things to think about and to ask the question, why am I doing this? Why doesn't it feel right? Mm -hmm. And why did I start? And do I want to continue? Whatever context that means for you. So, all right. Well, that was nice. Thanks, Nadine. Thank you. (laughs) Bye everybody. All right. Bye everyone. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed today's episode, the best way to send us some love is by sharing about Canada Horse Podcast with your friends, finding us on Instagram, and leaving a review is always appreciated. With your support of the show, you are making a positive impact on our horse world. Until next time, right on, Canada. Canada.